Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are in the middle of an amazing series of studies, Paul's inspired letter to Christians in Ephesus. We've called it Exploring Ephesians. It's talking about that vertical relationship, saving relationship with Jesus, our awesome Savior and soon coming King, and our relationships on the horizontal level with one another. Today, the mystery of the gospel, and I'm so glad you're with us. And welcome to the team. Good to be together again. And I'm excited. I'm a little bit excited because Travis is teaching today. And you know, it's such an encouragement to so many. We have young adults around the world, maybe you're one of them, starting interactive Bible studies in their churches, in their language, multiplying by 10,000 what God is doing here. And I just want to encourage you on that journey. We've also got some remote team members with us, and we want to welcome Leah. Good to see you again, Leah. Glad you're with us today. And uh, Sabina, good to see you. Always glad to have you in Haiti. Good to see you too. I don't know about you folks, but I love our new video wall where they jump up on the screen there. It's like you're here with us, and, and we're glad you're part of our study together. But we're especially glad that you're here today because you're part of our global Hope Sabbath School family. And we love to hear from you when you write to us. But before I read a couple of emails, did you get the free gift for this quarter? It's a digital copy of the book, Acts of the Apostles. Do you know there's about 40 chapters in that book dealing with the ministry of the Apostle Paul, including his ministry in Ephesus? It will be a wonderful addition, a study resource for you. All you have to do is go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen and download your free copy. You say, Derek, I already have that book. It's a great book. Well, tell your friends who might want a free digital copy. They can go and they can access that for their study. While you're there at our website, you can also download our theme song, which we'll sing in just a few minutes. You can even download the outlines that we use every week in our study and use them in your small group. Well, here's a few emails. Sonette writes to us from South Africa, and she says, Hope Sabbath School is my weekly inspiration. The saints, that's what she calls you, the saints. That's a biblical term, right? The saints have been a part of my life for many years now. A testimony is a true blessing, and thank you for teaching me and all of us such precious Bible truths. All love from the West Coast of South Africa, Sonette. Well, Sonette, thanks for writing to us at Hope Sabbath School. We're glad you're part of our global family. Here's a short note on our Facebook page from JR. JR writes and says, Thank you, Hope Sabbath School team, for the interactive way you study the Bible. You present much more detail than I find in my regular Bible study. God's special anointing upon all of you on your mission. And we say, amen. Amen. We need that, right? So that we can share the Bible in an in-depth and yet simple way so that everyone can understand. Well, here's one of those handwritten notes that came in from Florida in the United States of America. And I just... We don't read the name of the person, but I do want to say thank you because as a donor-supported ministry, you are part of the miracle when you partner with us. 
And this donor writes and says, I've been a faithful Hope Sabbath School member since it started. I won't tell you how many years that is, but I did not have gray hair when it started. (laughs) May God bless the team and everyone who watches Hope Channel and a gift of $50. And, you know, I just want to say I find special joy when when a person says, you know, I may I want to be part of the miracle. And if that's you, you can go to our website HopeTV.org slash HopeSS. Click on the donate button, the little yellow button. And we, we just thank you. And thank you to our donor from Florida. We're glad you're with us all those years. And stay with us in an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. One last note from Willie on our YouTube channel. I keep telling you how many are coming to our YouTube channel, right, Travis? Praise God. 90,000 families. You, you say, well, subscribers, but you know, there's oftentimes more than one person, so it could be 180,000 people who are watching. Sure. I love Hope Sabbath School and look forward to a new study each week. I can listen again if there are points which I did not understand. I love Jason's enthusiasm and joy singing the scripture songs. Well, Jason, would you give a wave? Yeah, in fact, let's all give a wave to Willie, shall we? Willie, thanks for writing to us. Willie goes on, the scripture songs are such a wonderful way to memorize the Bible. What a gift they are. Well, I should thank my wife, right? Well, we first thank the the writers of the scripture and the Holy Spirit for preserving that. For example, our scripture song for this series, Mm -hmm. the lyrics are written by the Apostle Paul (laughs) under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. My wife just put a tune so we could memorize it. But Willie says, I download the scripture songs and listen to them again and again. God bless each of you as a witness for our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. And we say, Amen. Praise God. Well, thanks uh, for writing to us. If you haven't written or if you have, but you want to share something God's doing, sshope at hopetv.org is the Email address sshope at hopetv.org. We'd love to hear from you and share your email on an upcoming program. But right now, I know that you can sing. (laughs) And it sounds better when you sing with us. Our theme song from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 3. Paul says with a prayer in his heart, I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Let's sing it together.
Travis, we'll be praying as you lead our study today that, that God would help us to understand the mystery of the gospel, yes. the calling to which we're called. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we invite you here in the presence this, this afternoon as we study the mystery of the gospel. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would come and that the mystery of the gospel would reveal to us in a powerful way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Derek, while you were introducing uh, the study, uh, I was reminded that I'm not a young man. Mm. But you alluded to uh, the fact that you are excited there are young teachers out there. And Stephanie gave me a smile. I know she was thinking, you're not that young. But, <laughs> but I was thinking that's part of the mystery of the gospel. Is that one day, one day soon... We're going to get a new body. And in the context of eternity, I'm actually quite young. <laughs> but uh, that was part of Paul's message uh, to the Ephesians, because he taught them everything that God had, um, had shown him. But Paul has found himself in a very unique situation. Yeah. He's found himself uh, in prison. Yeah. And I want to read uh, Ephesians 3, uh, verse 1. Sabina, would you mind re um, reading Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1? And why is Paul in prison? If you don't mind reading that for us. Yes, Travis, my pleasure. So we'll be reading from the New King James Version, Ephesians 3, uh, verse 1. And it says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, Okay, so why is Paul in these unfortunate circumstances? So we know from the book of Acts, uh, Travis, that Paul, he was a fearful, fear, fearless preacher of the gospel to Jews and also especially to Gentiles. And he ended up being arrested because uh, of the Jewish opposition of his preaching and bringing Gentiles into the synagogue. So eventually he stayed a few years uh, in prison after going through a series of trials and even being taken to Rome where he was left in house arrest for a, a few years. Mm. So Paul is in prison, the Bible says, because of the Gentiles. Well, actually because he was sharing the mystery of the gospel with mm -hmm. the Gentiles. 
Well, the, the Bible says that he was a prisoner, a prisoner of Christ. Is this, is Paul a literal prisoner of Christ? Or is this figurative? Maybe we should read some Bible verses that help us with this. Uh, let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. Lavinia, would you read that for us? Is Paul a literal prisoner of Christ? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20. Sure, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So here he refers to himself as an ambassador. Hmm. So is this a literal or is this figurative according to this verse? So I think he is in chains. Absolutely. Uh, but it's interesting, and I think this is a key point. He doesn't say, Paul, a prisoner of the Romans, mm. mm -hmm. because he's not focusing on Rome, or whoever it would be. It happened to be Rome, sure. as uh, Sabina pointed out. Mm -hmm. He said, really, the person I'm, I'm really... Uh, Subject under. What, what's the word? Lifetime connected to yes. is Christ. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I refer to myself yeah. as, as, if I'm a prisoner of anybody, it's not Rome, it's not Caesar. I'm a prisoner of Christ, mm -hmm. but I am in chains. The beautiful thing is he's going to be a witness for Christ even in chains. You know, Derek, what I hear you saying is that he's not a prisoner of Christ, but he's a prisoner who belongs to Christ. Ah, yes. That's it. Right? Mm -hmm. He knows to whom he belongs. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's part of the testimony that he's sharing. Anyone else have a comment on, on that? Yes, Amy. And I think that he's there. He's recognizing that this happened because of his commitment to the Gentiles for Christ. Mm. And so it's okay. I think that's why he could have peace in the midst of that storm, that mm. God knew where he was. And, um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is that the safest place to be is where God wants you to be. Mm. In God's, and, and so even in the midst of being in, in prison, he was saying it's okay because I'm here because I was serving God doing what I was supposed to be doing. So he's got it. I'm trusting him. We're all good. You know, Amy, I'm pretty excited about this <laughs> message because I'm a Gentile. Yeah. And so the message that Paul has to the Ephesian Gentiles is for me too. It's actually for everyone watching, for right. each one of us here. Yes, Jason. And because Paul is in prison, he's going to have some opportunities to share some messages to some very powerful Gentiles mm. through this experience. Mm -hmm. right. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, Scott. You know, um, when I read this in the ESV, it says, Paul says that he is a prisoner of Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. Mm. So what he is doing, his whole ministry, is to help other people. And the fact that he's a prisoner was part of God's plan that gave him certain opportunities mm. because of that. So he was a prisoner on behalf of the, of the Gentiles. Mm. Mm. And he was excited to be there. You know, we, we don't see much discouragement. It's as if uh, he is using this as a testimony, uh, especially it's encouraging other people to go out and be a witness uh, for the kingdom of God. I was, Stephanie, I would like you to read Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 14, uh, because the Bible says all things work together for good. It That's seems right. unfortunate that he would be in prison, but even in prison... Uh, God can work good. That's right. Would you read that for us, Stephanie? Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. 
But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, mm -hmm. so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Well, Stephanie just read that in verse 14, Paul is saying, my fellow brothers, probably sisters too, um, have become bold because of his chains. Stephanie, how is that possible for them to become bold? Their fellow brothers in prison. Right, so, but they see him being sustained by God mm. and his courage mm. Mm. and the faith he has. And I think they also see we've got a work that we need to do. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. The apostles in prison. But I love the part that even the palace guards yeah. are hearing the gospel. Oh. And actually at the end of that same epistle, because this is also a prison epistle, like Ephesians and Colossians, he says, and the folks from Caesar's household greet yep. you too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like wherever he goes, you said God can work good even in bad situations. He's going to share a message, the mystery of the gospel with anyone who can hear, even, mm -hmm. even a soldier chained to him. You know, Derek, I'm reminded of a quote you told me one time while we were in your living room at your house. And you said, every one of Satan's apparent victories is just another opportunity for, for God to show his immeasurable and unfailing yeah. love. Mm. I've never forgot that. Mm. And I'm so happy for the, the Bible verse that says, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. John, you had a comment. Yes, I was also reminded of John the Revelator who was in the island of Patmos. <laughs> and God gave those revelations that speaks to us in the end time. And mm. so, although they were unfortunate circumstances, God used these circumstances to give them the gospel and the things that we talk about today. Mm -hmm. Amen. Sabina? And I would say that actually his imprisonment for those several years made his ministry much, way much more exponential, mm. right? Imagine that even us right now, as we sit, and as we record this program, we are studying a letter that was written by him during those years that he was in prison. You know, Paul, we know from uh, scripture that he was a very active person. So I wonder, you know, if he had just continued his ministry uh, the way that he was previous to writing those letters, if we would have access to all this beauty that he had to share under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So it is a mystery indeed. And I think it's clear that it was uh, the fact that they imprisoned him because of the Gentiles is what made it even more reaching out to us and people back then. That's, mm. Mm. You know, thank you for sharing that, because not only did he write the book of Ephesians, Sabina, but he wrote Colossians and Philemon and the book of Philippians. So a lot of the inspired word was written, especially by Paul, was written while he was in prison. Mm. So how does Paul's imprisonment um, give us encouragement today as we face trials and, and, uh, and hardship? How does that give us um, encouragement? Lalika? Well, it comes to my mind the quotation of Ellen White where she says that if we know uh, what God has for us in, in the future, or if we knew the way, we wouldn't choose any other way but that one. Uh, to that being said, is that um, 
knowing that God is the one directing the path and everything will work out well, I am in a place where I supposed to be if I would choose. I think the quote you're referring to is, if we knew the end from the beginning, we wouldn't change a thing, right? And you have made a reference to God being the head. He's the director. Things are, are moving according to his will. Billy, you had a comment. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of us haven't been to prison or been incarcerated. <laughs> and um, and to, we always hear some horrible stories. I've never heard a story where somebody had a great time in prison, <laughs> maybe a few. But it's not a place you want to be. Um, and the fact that... You have somebody who uh, um, didn't see the negativity in being in prison. Right. In fact, uh, he was joy. Ephesians is, the, the mood is upward. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. Paul was in a happy mood, and he kept on sharing that. So to imagine somebody in prison, and back then prison was even worse, um, and he was still uh, proclaiming the gospel um, at its core and him sharing, sh uh, sharing that. Um, comparing to our maybe little miseries, you might say, uh, it might seem like, um, man, we have a lot to learn. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul is in prison, Billy, for, for the Gentiles because he's got a message to share. This has become a physical reality, but actually uh, this message that he would go to the Gentiles was given to, a, well, someone pretty important. Leah, if you'd read Acts chapter uh, 9, verse 15, a, a man by the name of Ananias was told what what Paul's message would be. Would you read that for us, Leah? Acts chapter 9, verse 15 in the English Standard Version says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Okay, who is he that he's talking about? Mm -hmm. Saul of Tarsus. Saul who became Paul. He, be, he had, well, we always say, a road to Damascus experience. Mm -hmm. Jesus had come to him um, and his eyes were blinded. He was then taken uh, the rest of the way in the journey. Here he is praying and it was revealed to Saul who became Paul. Then I would say Paul. It was revealed to Paul that a man would come and lay his hands on him and he would receive his sight immediately while well, he ate some food and then began preaching the gospel. But now this has become a living reality. I want to read um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 um, again. Scott, if you wouldn't mind reading that. And then I'm going to have uh, Haiti read from Acts chapter 13 in a couple different places, 14 through 16 and then 45 or 42 to 52. Would you read that for us, Scott? Okay, in the ESV, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles. So here, prophetically, through Ananias, mm -hmm. God had said that he would be a preacher to the Gentiles. And here we see this is he's in prison for that very reason. Go ahead, Haiti, and read from us uh, from the book of Acts, chapter 13. All right, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, Now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and sat down. Okay, would you read 42 to 52 then as well? Yes. From the same chapter. And it says, 
So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Mm. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as he as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and, and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Amen. Haiti. So uh, it was a reality from the very proclamation given to Ananias that Paul would be a preacher to the Gentiles. Yes. But how does it become a living reality? We just, Haiti just read the story there. How does this become a living reality? Anyone? Jason? Well, Paul is on these uh, sort of missionary journeys and he's having these conversations. And in the process of these conversations, he's giving opportunities for all and there's conflict there. And so the conflict, basically, these Jewish leaders kind of show, hey, look, uh, we, we still hold our stand. We don't want Gentiles to become part. And, and Paul is convicted of the Holy Spirit. No, the Gentiles have to know this too. And then there's even, a, even quotes other places mm. about how we're a light to the Gentiles. This message needs to go to the whole world. So it happens through the process, almost you could say of missionary work evangelism. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. How does God's people, the Jews, who were entrusted with the gospel message, how do they actually help bring this about? You know, I'm, I'm actually, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I'm thinking of the reaction that we're seeing by the Gentiles. And they needed to hear that message. Mm. And so to me, that impacted the Jews to realize that, yes, the, the Gentiles were desirous of that experience as well. Did God so. want the Jews to, to know, to understand this message as well? Yes. yes. Absolutely. So it was their rejection. God doesn't force anything on anybody. Yeah. It was their rejection that actually made Paul turn an about face and say, okay, I'm going to fulfill God's uh, message through me to the Gentiles. And for that reason, where is he? Mm -hmm. In prison. In prison. He's in prison. In prison. The Jews had rejected this precious uh, I, I think it's really important, though, to remember, I remember in verse 43, as Haiti read, that many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Uh, so let's not, let's not lump all of the Jews together. 
right? True. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's true. Which is what the, the, the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders did the with the Gentiles. Gentiles. They lumped yeah. them all together. That's right. The truth of the matter is, Paul would preach the gospel to anyone mm. who would listen, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't be bound by those yeah. cultural Barriers. traditions yeah. that mm -hmm. said you can't talk to those people. But, you know, sometimes people get the idea that Christians are against Jews. Most of the early Christians were Jewish, mm -hmm. right? That's right. So, uh, yeah, let's just remember that there were Jews who believed the gospel, yes. and, uh, and we could name many of them. Good point. Thank you for sharing that, Derek. Uh, John, I'm going to have you read Ephesians chapter 3, 1 through 8. Again, we're talking about the mystery of the gospel. Uh, if you wouldn't mind reading that for me. Sure. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 8 from the New American Standard Bible. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in brief. By referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in, our, in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. To be specific, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Amen. You know, John, I was mm. impressed as you were reading that, uh, the me that, you know, we might think that the message had now changed, but what he said there is that it just hadn't been made known. So actually, it had failed to be, to be given. It wasn't that the message hasn't always been, because God has always wanted Jew and Gentile, mm. black and white, men and women. He's wanted to save the whole world, right? So, what is the mystery of the gospel here that Paul is talking about? Maybe you can give us, uh, maybe give me some references to what the mystery of the gospel is. Yes, Scott. Well, you know, in verse 6, he lays out that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, this, the same level. There's, as you mentioned, there's no discrimination, no, no differences. And, and, you know, we're all we're all offered the gift of grace that we, do, that we don't deserve. The Gentiles didn't deserve it. Jews didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God offers it to us all. You know, you, you mentioned something. You used the word grace there. And the gospel, the word gospel means good news. So the mystery of the good news. I think there's many things about the good news through Jesus yeah. uh, that are a mystery. Of course, he reveals to us uh, I think I was thinking of the mystery of the incarnation, yeah. the mystery mm -hmm. that we would be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We wonder, how can that happen? Yeah. But, but, but through inspiration and through the Holy Spirit, God is revealing these mysteries as far as our, our mind, our human mind, mm -hmm. can understand. But, but what, is the, what, is the what is the mystery here that um, is, 
is so prevalent, especially in this story with uh, Paul and the Gentiles. Billy? Um, and, uh, I mean, the fact that God can save anybody, uh, whether you're <laughs> Jew or Gentile, I think we don't understand maybe the context mm -hmm. of it. I think back then they couldn't envision like the diversity that we have here, that mm -hmm. people from different background, uh, cultural mm -hmm. backgrounds can be heir to, uh, uh, um, uh, f uh, for heaven, basically. Uh, uh, that was inconceivable mm. to the point that it's it's a mystery and now Paul's like no the Gentiles can be Jews and Gentiles they are heir to um, uh, to the gift uh, of God so that was something that it was hard to fathom um, and through through Jesus he made it possible you know Billy that uh, that was such a mystery that the accusations against Jesus was this man eats with sinners mm -hmm. and tax collectors Mm -hmm. uh, that was a mystery, uh, but God wanted all of us to understand uh, this, the mystery of the gospel, and that is that everyone can be saved. The message has always been from the beginning of time yes. that all could be saved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and not just the good Gentiles or the good <laughs> Jews, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. but, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the blasphemers. Mm -hmm. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, and such were some, some of you. Yeah. That's right. But you've been washed. Yeah. I mean, praise God. It's, it's like, it really is good news for everyone. A woman cast at the feet of Jesus, mm -hmm. a, a greedy tax collector like Zacchaeus. Uh, you, you name in the stories. It yeah. is good news for everyone mm -hmm. who choose to accept God's mm -hmm. grace. You know, somebody came to me one time, Derek, <laughs> And they were just weeping and they, and they felt so broken. They said, how can I be saved? And I thought of the story of Zacchaeus when Jesus told him, I came to seek and save the lost. And he said, I'm so lost. I said, actually, that's the qualification. <laughs> yep. And I think someone's probably watching today and think, I feel so lost. That's the qualification. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save Praise the lost. God. John. You know, uh, in verse 8, it talks about Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. Mm -hmm. So in the previous chapter, he talks about what is this riches of Christ. You know, Christ is rich in mercy and rich in grace. And so it was this mercy of God, it was this grace of God, that Paul was called to proclaim to the Gentiles also, not just to the Jews. Mm -hmm. Amen. The message is for everybody. Amen. Well, I want to move on in our lesson because Paul mentions the holy apostles and, and the prophets when speaking about the mystery of Christ. And uh, Amy, I want you to read, if you would, for me, John chapter 5, 39 and 40. I think there's important things that we can learn about um, the significance of the apostles and the prophets not only of old, but even present day. Would you read that for us? Sure. John 5, verses 39 and 40, and this is uh, New King James Version. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Okay, so, so here we have the Jewish nation, and you had mentioned, Derek, um, earlier the significance is that uh, they would be lost is that they wouldn't come to yeah. Jesus to have life. They thought for some reason it was just the knowledge of the scriptures that would gain them eternal life. Who were the scriptures written by? Prophets. They were written by prophets of old. Yeah. That's right. And so um, 
Is it important to, to listen to all of the counsel of the prophets? Yes. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, that was really evident to me in uh, the, ro- into the Road to Emmaus experience. <laughs> and I'm going to mm-hmm. have uh, Lavinia, if you would read for us from Luke chapter 24, 13 through 15. And then Lalika, if you'd read 25 to 26. The first, uh, Lavina, where you're going to be reading from, they're having the, the, the disciples on the road, are, they're, they're discouraged. And I want you to read why they're discouraged. Luke 24, verses 13 through 15, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Okay, so they're discouraged. Um, Why are they discouraged? Jesus had just been crucified and uh, was in a tomb (laughs) resting to... Um, so they thought that their their hopes and dreams uh, were had evaporated. So their idea of what Jesus would do that when he came or the coming Messiah, because they had looked for the coming Messiah, but the things he would do uh, were much different uh, than than what they had expected. Now Jesus has been crucified. He's in the tomb. And they're very discouraged. Yep. Actually, they he's, think he's, he's in risen. the tomb, but he isn't. Right. Yeah. Because in the next verse, he appears right beside them. He had risen from the dead. They're not. But Lavinia was right. They, they think it's the end, but it's just the beginning. Amen. Yep. Lalika, read, read from us, because I think we're going to get some insight why they missed, uh, we use the, that term, they missed the boat. Okay? Um, Luke's 24. Luke 24, 25 and 26. Yes. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Mm. So what is the key word in that verse? I, I, I th- actually just this year I really spent a lot of time meditating on that verse. What is one of the key words in that verse? Believe. Believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Talks about being slow to believe. Slow to believe in all. Did you catch that word? All. Oh. It seems like they were picking and choosing maybe the things that they would. Mm. But it says all that the prophets mm. had spoken. It says. I love, uh, there's the scripture song, listen to counsel, receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. It's interesting, um, earlier, Paul in Acts, I think chapter 20, he says, I'm not not guilty of the blood because I've preached the whole counsel of God. And so here it seems Mm -hmm. that these disciples had maybe pick and chose what they decided they would believe and not believe. And uh, we have, I just love what Jesus said to them, oh, slow of heart, right? But, but we can be slow of heart, too. And so I think it's really important that the, that the counsel that God gives us, that we heed all the counsel of God. Yes, Scott. You know, um, I'm reminded of when Jesus predicted his death and Peter rebuked him, right? This is not going to happen. <laughs> Je- like, like Jesus gave them a direct message, 
but they're because of their preconceived notions mm-hmm. here they think that that their hope that Jesus was the Messiah had been had been misplaced mm. right they had they had been given a direct message mm. and yet their own ideas just couldn't allow them to to conceptualize it mm. thank you for sharing and yet here's the grace travis even though they were slow of heart to believe he still gave them the bible study yes. that caused their hearts to burn within <laughs> yeah. them Right? Mm-hmm. He still gave the revelation yes. when they finally realized it was Jesus. And run a half a marathon back to Jerusalem. <laughs> and that's the Excited. grace of God because we've all been slow. Amen. Yep. Amen. Well, we are going to move on. I have a question for the team. Were there also prophets um, in the time of the early Christian church? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are there some Bible verses that would. Uh, that Jason, you're giving, you're nodding your head. Would you share a Bible verse that shows us that there were some prophets even in the early Christian church in addition to the apostles? Sure. So Ephesians, where we're reading, uh, Paul talks about Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 and 12. Uh, I'll read that, talking about spiritual gifts here. It says in the New King James Version, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So there were prophets even then. You know, I love Amos chapter 3, verse 7. It says, um, I do nothing unless I reveal it through my servant, the prophets. So even as we come close to the end of the time, um, as G- before Jesus returns, he promises to pour his spirit out mm-hmm. on, our, on the sons and the daughters. So we can expect even then that God will give us revelation uh, uh, through prophets. I wish someone would read Acts 21 because <laughs> it confirms what you just said. It actually gives the name of a prophet that most of our Hope Sabbath School members have never heard of. And it gives the name of an evangelist who has four daughters who have the gift of prophecy We could probably have Stephanie read that. (laughs) Would you read that for us, Stephanie? Uh I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Acts chapter 21, verses 8 through 11. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied, And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Mm. Another powerful verse, um, letting us know that God does have prophets actually all the way through time. Mm. And not only that, that we should heed all the counsel the prophets give. Thank you for sharing that verse, those verses with us, Stephanie. Uh, Let's read Ephesians chapter three, verse six. If I could have Leah read that for us. Um, Why was the mystery of the gospel an amazing revelation to the Gentiles? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6 in the English Standard Version says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
So why is the mystery of the gospel, why was it uh, an amazing revelation to the Gentiles? John. So we see three things here. The Gentiles were fellow heirs, fellow members, and fellow partakers of the promise in Christ. Mm. So which means that we see the equality that Paul is trying to bring about between the mm. Jews and the Gentiles. The same privilege that the Jews had, now the Gentiles will have. You know, uh, we just talked in a previous study about this wall of separation that had been there. The Jews, I think they believe the Gentile believers always thought they were out, maybe just across the fence looking in. But here, uh, through the preachings and teaching, the preaching and teaching of Paul, they began to realize that this good news, this, the mystery of the gospel was for the whole world. Yes, Amy. And it was fully for them. They weren't just mm. getting the leftovers and the scraps. Mm. Like, they were getting the full package. Mm. It's beautiful. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Who are some people that we may tend to disregard uh, when it comes to the gospel message? Yes, Stephanie. Travis, I think if I'm going to be honest, I think of the people who, at the end of the day, I think maybe the gospel can't reach them. Mm. which is scary because the gospel can reach anyone. Amen. So we unfortunately may stay away from those individuals who we really don't think the gospel can do anything for it. So Stephanie, you're saying if I'm friends with an atheist, I may in my mind be thinking they just don't believe in God, so there's no point. Right. But is the gospel still for that atheist? Yes. Is it for everyone? Yes, Definitely. Yes, uh, we don't want to set up any barriers because Jesus mm-hmm. has no barriers or bounds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gospel is for the whole world. We've Amen. talked about uh, John 3, verse 16, and many other verses. Mm. Actually, uh, Romans 10 is one of my favorite. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord mm-hmm. will be saved. Mm-hmm. Haiti, uh, I'll take a comment from you and then we move on. Well, I was going to say, um, kind of answering the previous question that you asked, and this question both, that I was once um, watching uh, TV, and there was this super famous movie star, and I'm not going to say their name, and they were talking about um, a movie that they had just directed. They had just produced a movie. And this person is incredibly famous, very good looking, has all the money in the world, has dated other very famous, very attractive people, has children, I'm sure a huge house, had just grown up in luxury. And the person read this book about a man that was uh, in prison during World War II in a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. And they said that that changed their life and that that made them say, oh, now I see what my purpose is in life. My purpose is to produce this movie and to tell this story of this gentleman and there's a little more to that story but the the point to me is just the fact that i was when i heard that just really shocked because i was thinking this person feels that they have no purpose in life and life is meaningless Mm. uh but for christians we don't have that you know so so this uh revelation to the gentiles helps to fill that void in all humanity Mm. That our purpose, uh, that that we have purpose, period. You know, that, that when we know God, we feel every longing is satisfied, you know? Um, so I just thought that that was amazing. And, and it, it also struck me because I was just like, oh, well, that's a famous person. And the story that they told was actually about a Christian. So 
it kind of answers uh, both of your questions about a group of people that you would exclude, that you would think, well, famous people, they, they don't care about God, but God can reach anyone. Mm. Haiti, I'm so happy that no one is excluded mm. from the gospel message. Mm. All we have to do is say yes mm. to Jesus. Amen. Well, God has chosen a church, right, uh, to share the message. Matter of fact, even the word church, uh, does anyone know what, uh, what that means in Greek? Yes, Scott. It means called out. The, the called out ones, the chosen ones. I, there's a verse that talks about being chosen by God. Lavinia, would you read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 for us? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It talks about us being chosen. But chosen for what? Reading from the New King James Version. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm. So what is God's special purpose for his church? To proclaim... I, Heidi is... Uh, Haiti, you're smiling, uh, and I'm just going to call on you because I've seen this huge smile come across your face. It's to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone. The mystery of the gospel, right? That God loves everyone. Well, I'm going to have uh, John read Ephesians chapter 3, 8 through 13. Uh, I want to know, how is the wisdom of God manifested in His church? Mm -hmm. Would you read that for us? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 to 13 from the New American Standard Bible. It says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which He carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Mm. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulation on your behalf, for they are your glory. So, uh, God has chosen the church to be a witness. Um, the, uh, I struggled at first when I read that, John, because it says it was hidden. But it wasn't hidden because God was trying to hide something. It was hidden because it wasn't proclaimed. Here Jesus comes to share that good news. And Paul is doing his service. That's why he said, I'm, I'm free of the guilt of the blood of any man because I proclaimed the whole message, the whole gospel. That's our commission as the church of God, right? Uh, so who are, the, who are the people looking in at God's church as, as, we talked, as we read these verses? Who are the people that are looking in or the beings? Jason? Well, you could say the whole universe. It says here principalities and powers mm -hmm. in the heavenly places. So you have... Other people who may not be believing, you may have other people from other worlds, if you will. 
you may have even the devil might be watching too and seeing what's going on with God's people. You know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we do not wrestle with, uh, later on here in the book of Ephesians, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So Jason, as I'm hearing you talk, are heavenly angels looking in to see what God's church is doing? Yes. Are satanic angels looking? Yeah. to see what God is doing. Yes. Well, we call that the great controversy because there's yeah. this battle between good and evil and we have principalities. We have God involved and Satan involved and holy angels and wicked angels involved and they're seeing the mystery of the gospel being mm-hmm. proclaimed to the whole earth through the church. Matter of fact, in Revelation 12, it says the church is persecuted because of that very thing. Yep. And so we see this persecution manifested even in the life of Paul. And I think the holy angels are saying hallelujah, (laughs) blessing and honor and glory and power to him who sits on the throne. And the evil angels are trembling Mm -hmm. because they know the power of Jesus' name. That's right. They know their time is short. Mm. The fact that God could raise up his church from a group of broken sinners Mm. and transform them is got to be a startling evidence to the kingdom of darkness that, that they have lost. That, mm. that Christ is Lord of all. I think, Derek, that's a mystery in itself. It is. That God mm-hmm. could use broke, you say that often, that God uses broken people to reach broken people. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Paul has a prayer uh, for the Christians in Ephesus, but even for us here today. I want to read uh, up about this prayer in uh, Ephesians three fourteen through 19, and I would have Billy read that for us. We want to talk about this amazing prayer that he prays, again, not just for the people of Ephesus. Well, we're Gentile believers as well, right? A prayer is for us here today. Mm-hmm. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Mm. You know, I think that's our mission even here at Hope Sabbath School, is that the whole world would come to a greater and still greater knowledge of the immeasurable and unfailing love of God. God. That's Paul's prayer for everyone. Well, that's my Mm. prayer for everyone as well. I want to come to a greater and greater knowledge of the immeasurable and unfailing love. That's that connection we talked in a previous study that vertical connection that allows us to pour out horizontally. How does Christ dwell in our hearts through faith? Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 23. Scott, if I could have you read that for us. I think it's important. How does Christ dwell in our hearts through faith? Would you read that for us? I'm reading from the ESV. It says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Amazing. So, how does Christ dwell in our heart through faith? I mean, it, it, that's the idea of dwelling, of, of making house, the menno, the you know, coming together. And 
and it, and it, it's it's interesting how it changes anyone who loves me then then my father will love him then we and it goes into this 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 whole relationship with the whole godhead is it important to ask god to dwell in our hearts amen, yes. amen. it's vitally important isn't it mm -hmm. well uh, i just want to um, if I could, Jason, have you read one more expression that Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Would you read for that as we close? Yes, the New King James Version says, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So who is it that can work in us mm. uh, the mystery of this gospel that Paul has been proclaiming? Who by, is that? By Christ. By Christ. Christ. It's Christ Jesus. Jesus. Mm. Do we want to invite Jesus into our hearts daily? Yes. Maybe minute by minute, hour by hour. That's my prayer for all of us as we go out and share the good news of the mystery of the gospel with everyone. Yes. Amen. Thank you Amen. so much, Amen. Travis. We want to thank you for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today, too. Uh, what an amazing study. And again, I, I feel like one of the disciples on the Emmaus Road, the, the hearts burn within us as we, we think about the, the amazing, the immeasurable, unfailing love of God. And, and friends, we cannot, we must not, we will not be able to keep that to ourselves if we have that living connection. We will share that love. We will speak of that grace. We will be... Uh, ambassadors of peace yes. for the Prince of Peace. Amen. That's my prayer today. What about you? Let's pray together. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for blessing the study of your word today. And we just thank you for the Apostle Paul there in a, a prison, in house arrest in Rome, and yet you work good there. Thank you whatever we're going through that when we have that living connection with you, you can work through us in life-changing ways. We surrender to you today and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. Isn't it amazing what God can do when we have that living connection with Him? He wants to use us to be a blessing. So go out, my friend. Don't keep this good news to yourself. Be a blessing to those around you. <laughs>